Well, good morning again, Rivertown Community Church, and uh, I just want to say uh, welcome as we celebrate Easter together, and uh, one of the things that's really amazing about this church, especially if like this is your first time here, um, we have four different campuses. We have a campus in Bluntstown, Chipley, Mariana, and Wakala. And so God's just doing amazing things. And so when I talk to other campuses, if you're like on the Mariana campus, I'm talking to all of our campuses. And, and so it's like whenever you um, experience an event like this, we're probably over 2,000, 2,500 people today on all of our campuses will celebrate Easter together. It, it kind of begs a question. It's like, How do you have so many people in so many different locations all on the same page? In other words, like, what do we all have in common? So to kind of get us started, I want you to think about this, to kind of help us understand a little bit of what we all have in common across all the different communities that we represent this morning, and that is this. Have you ever had someone ask you like a, or maybe have you ever asked someone like a general surface answer kind of question? And you were thinking a general surface kind of answer, and they gave you a real answer? I mean, let's just say you pass someone in the store and you're kind of in a hurry, and, or maybe you're in the hallway at work and you're kind of in a hurry, or you're at school and you just want to kind of say hi, and you look at a person and you ask this general surface level question, and you go something like this, how are you? And they respond sharing with you about a problem that they are absolutely overwhelmed with. I mean, they, it's maybe a problem or circumstances out of control, control. Like maybe you're in the store and they start telling you a problem with their kids. They're telling you how bad their kids is. And when everybody starts telling you about their kids, you know that's going to be a long story, right? It's just how it's going to work. Or maybe they even surprise you a little bit more and you kind of know this person and they go, well, I just lost my job and... We really didn't have any savings, and now we're like on the verge of losing our home. Or the divorce is coming up, and you're going, the divorce? Didn't know anything about the divorce. They say something like the doctor called, and, and it's just not good. And before you know it, I mean, they're telling you this story, and they start tearing up. And you don't know what to do. I mean, on one hand, you kind of appreciate the fact that someone has felt safe enough with you to share something that's like really personal with you. On the other hand, you're going, wow, this is just way too much information. I don't know what to do with it. I have no idea what to do or how to help. And you don't want to be one of those kind of people that just kind of has the cliche answer for everything, right? So you find yourself kind of panicking in that moment. You ever been there? I have. You just kind of find yourself panicking on the inside and going, I'd have kind of been fine in this moment if they'd have just said, I'm doing fine, or I'm doing good, you know, that kind of thing. See, see, the truth is, when you really stop and think about it, one of the things that we all have in common is whenever we face difficulty and we face it head on or tragedy head on, it, it can quickly and easily take us out of our comfort zone. And you know, that's not only true when somebody talks truthfully about what's really going on in their lives, it's also true when we face difficulty or tragedy in our lives, isn't it? I mean, a lot of times, we we just don't like to talk about things like pain or sadness or sickness or bad days or death or tragedy. We, We don't like to go there. I mean, it's so much easier to talk about things like sports and you know, where we're at in the bracket for March Madness, those kind of things, or, or, or the weather, or our boss, or our job, you know, those kind of, those more surface kind of things. And here's why most of us are that way. 
Because see, when things are good, I mean, we have like answers to everything in life. I mean, life is just kind of easy when everything is good. But when things go bad, many times we don't have a lot of hope to offer, which is kind of unfortunate because that's what we need the most to be able to offer in times of tragedy or difficulty. Because the truth is, every one of us, at some point in our life, we deal with things that are difficult, that are tragic. And so many times, we don't know what to do when that happens. I mean, what do we do when things don't go the way we want in life? I mean, think of, if most of us were kind of honest, I mean, most of us, like, we just throw our hands up and go, okay, God, where are you? I mean, like, God, are, are you doing anything? I mean, God, do you notice what's going on here? God, do you really even care? And, and if you've asked those kind of questions at any point in time in your life with any kind of difficulty or, or tragedy in your life, then at some point in time, and I think if we're all honest, we'd admit this, and God's okay because he can handle it. At some point in time, I mean, you probably got mad enough to just think something like this. If God is capable of pulling off the impossible, why doesn't he do it for me? How we all kind of got frustrated enough just kind of ask ourselves that question. You know, if God is capable of pulling off the impossible, why, why doesn't he do it for me? I mean, wh whether that's like drama with your kids, whether that's some kind of health struggle that you have going on, whether that's financial difficulties or some other kind of struggle, we all know what it's like to ask, God, where are you? God, do you even care? I mean, we all know what it's like to be in seasons of our life where we're filled with so much doubt and so much confusion. And that's why this conversation that we're having today on Easter Sunday is so important to all of us. Because no matter what has caused you to kind of ask these kind of questions, to be filled with all kind of doubt and all kind of confusion, I mean, like whether you're a Christ follower or you're not a Christ follower today, I mean, the Easter message is for you because the message of Easter, what it does, it speaks directly to this struggle that we all have of keeping our focus and keeping our footing during those painful, difficult, tragic times of life. Let me help you understand that by giving this illustration. I don't know how much you know about rock climbing, but we have several guys on our staff that are rock climbers, and that's always intrigued me. I've always wanted to go up a cliff, you know, just a straight cliff of a rock, and my wife was like, no, you don't, but I, I do. <clears throat> and once I understand our life insurance will cover me, I might be able to do that. But anyhow, we'll just have to figure that one out. But, so I don't know how much you know about rock climbing, but whenever climbers climb, they, they put this thing called a cam, or, or they, we'll call it an anchor this morning. They, they put an anchor in the crevice of a rock to keep them firm and steadfast, to anchor them in case they lose their footing. It gives them something to hold on to. It, it gives them not only a sense of security, but it gives them security. And that's what the message of Easter is all about. 
The message of Easter is all about those times in our life when we find ourselves slipping or we feel like that we're losing our footing in life because of hard or difficult times. The message of Easter is all about giving you an anchor to hold on to in the worst times of your life. Because today, as we're going to discover, the the message of Easter, it has the potential to change your perspective about the bad things that happen in your life, and it has the potential to change the perspective that you have about the bad things that are happening in the people's lives around you. Now, to kind of help us understand how the message of Easter is helpful, how it becomes an anchor to the soul of our life, I want you to go with me in your mind, and let's, let's join in with Jesus and his disciples during their lowest point of their time together while Jesus was here on the earth. It's Friday. Go to Friday with me of Holy Week. Jesus is now on the cross. The, the disciples, they are standing at a distance because they're watching their leader and, and they weren't sure what's all going to happen here at this point. So they've kind of abandoned Jesus and they've moved to a distance. And so his disciples, they're standing at a distance and they're watching what was their leader. They're watching what was their friend. And they're watching their hope die. I don't want you to miss what is happening in this moment. Because see, it is in this moment that the disciples, they are asking the same questions that you and I have asked so many times in our life. And they're feeling the same emotions that you and I have felt during those traumatic times in our life, during those tragedies in our life, during those difficulties in our life. I mean, they're asking, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, God, do you even care? And you know what they're feeling? Man, they're feeling doubt. They're feeling confusion. I mean, I'm I'm sure many of them are sitting going, you know, I've devoted the last three years of my life to follow this man, Jesus. I mean, is this how it ends? I mean, my reputation is tied to Jesus, and he's dying on a cross. And if he dies, I probably will too. I mean, if he dies, I could be tried for treason. I mean, they're hurt. They're shocked. I'm sure they're filled with anger and outrage. I mean, the bottom has fallen out of their life. The hope has fallen and gone away from their life. God has not came and done what they expected him to do. That's where the disciples were as they watched Jesus suffer struggle, cry out, and ultimately die. And God did nothing. I mean, God who's like supposed to be in control, God who's capable of the impossible, in their moment of greatest need, seems absolutely silent and absent. And keep yourselves in their shoes for just a moment. Because in this moment, it was hard for them to understand at this time that the story, their hope, didn't end there. See, Jesus was died on Friday and he was buried on Friday. But here's what's so important about the Easter message. See, Easter is a third day story. Don't miss that. Easter 
is a third day story, which means this. See, while Friday was traumatic and Sunday, or Saturday seemed absolutely hopeless, on Sunday, something absolutely amazing happened that showed us something about God. Don't miss this. Some of you are going through something very traumatic right now. You're in a Friday. Others of you, you're feeling overwhelmed and hopeless. I mean, you just have this overwhelmingly sense of hopelessness going on right now. You're in a Saturday. But don't miss the message of Easter. The message of Easter is that Sunday is coming, that God is the God of the third day. In fact, I want you to see this story with me in Luke chapter one. So all of our campuses, if you wanna follow along on the screen or you can follow along in your worship guides, Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse one. Here's how it says it. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus, which is not what they were expecting. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. I don't want you to miss what's going on in this event. And don't miss this question in this story. This is what the angels asked the women. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? In other words, he's not here, he's risen. I mean, this was his plan all along. And this is so important for all of us to understand. See, these women are being reminded. Listen, Jesus predicted his death and his resurrection. Remember, on the third day, he's gonna rise again. Which means, and don't miss this, Jesus' death and resurrection wasn't God just stepping in to correct the story of Jesus when something went badly wrong. See, when the disciples were experiencing all the trauma of Friday, when they were hiding out and feeling so hopeless on Saturday, when they thought God was doing absolutely nothing, he was actually engineering the greatest miracle of all time, something that he had planned to do from the beginning. See, when it seemed like God was failing, he was actually putting the final touches on like the most important moment of all of human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which was his plan. So you have to understand something. The resurrection wasn't an incident in the life of Jesus. The resurrection wasn't a correction in the life of Jesus. It was the predicted event that gave everything Jesus said validity. Don't miss that. It was the predicted event that gave everything that Jesus said validity. I don't want you to miss this. 
being raised from the dead wasn't done just to make Jesus look good. It was to show the whole world that God had a plan and he had been involved the whole time. See, it was to show you and it was to show me that when we are facing Friday's trauma and tragedy or Saturday's feeling of just being overwhelmingly hopeless, he, he was to remind us that, listen, God is the God of the third day, and Sunday is coming. God has a plan. See, Sunday is when we realize that God was actually moving to do something impossible, impossible actually, actually moving to do something awesome and glorious. And it was so awesome and so glorious that people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ have actually been basing the hope of their lives and their eternities on it ever since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, on Sunday, God did exactly what he said he would do. That's why the message of Christmas, excuse me, Easter, Christmas is important too, but the message of Easter, the resurrection, is really the absolute anchor that you hold on to even in the most difficult times. Don't, don't miss that. See, the resurrection is the anchor that you hold on to even in the most difficult of times. You know why? Because when Jesus rose from the dead, it validated everything. Everything he ever taught or he ever said. See, when a man predicts his death and his resurrection and then he pulls it off, you can believe everything else he says is true as well. Don't, don't miss that. When a man predicts his death and his resurrection and he pulls it off, you can believe everything else that he says is true as well. In fact, you might want to write this down. The resurrection gives us the confidence that Jesus can be trusted which means, and, and we kind of made it rhyme for, for some of you so that you can kind of remember this, and that is this. You can trust what Jesus said because he rose from the dead. You absolutely can. Because the resurrection offers us hope in someone, not something, but in someone that we can count on when it gets really difficult and painful in our life, which means God's involvement and plan in the midst of your hurt and your pain is like a rock climbing anchor that will catch you even when you slip and you start to lose your footing in life because of the pain and the difficulty. See, the fall still may hurt a little bit, but the anchor saves you from falling from your death. The anchor of the resurrection saves you from giving up hope because you know that you can trust Jesus no matter what he said because he rose from the dead. You can trust every word he said. See, so no matter what, what your difficulty that you're going through, that, whether it's sickness, whether it's relationship hurt, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's grief or fear, you can have hope because the resurrection it assures every one of us that God has a plan. God has a plan to bring something good out of the bad, even when it feels so different than that to us. See, the resurrection tells us that God is still involved, even when we can't see any evidence of it. It tells us that God is still active and participating in the story, his story, and your story, 
I mean, you may feel hopeless, but know this. You can trust what Jesus said because he rose from the dead. Now, that doesn't mean everything is going to work out or turn out exactly the way that we like. I mean, your kids may still struggle. You still may get an alarming report from your doctor. Your bank account may still have ups and downs based on economy or based on your job status. But because of the resurrection, you can still have hope because you can believe what Jesus said. So the big question for some of us is, well, what did Jesus say about those Friday and those Saturday experiences? Well, one of the things that Jesus said, he said, when you worry, you don't need to worry about your life. You don't need to do that, he said, because God, he, he takes care of the birds of the air. And then he asked this question, he goes, are, are you not more valuable than them? And it's kind of a rhetorical question because he's going, you're, you're so much more valuable. In other words, Jesus says, listen, you can be confident that God will provide for you and that God will take care of you, that God is aware that he will supply your needs even when you're wondering how your needs are gonna be met. Jesus said, if you're afraid and you're scared, I mean, you can have courage. Because Jesus said, you know, even in the storms and the difficulties of life, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Even in those moments he's with us when, when he feels absent or he feels silent. I mean, Jesus even said a more powerful thing. He said, you know, when you're angry because someone has hurt you or they've abandoned you or they betrayed you, he said, you don't have to live in rejection. You don't, you don't have to live as the victim because God is for you. He loves you unconditionally and he accepts you completely. And, and, and he goes on to say that God loves you to the point that when you really understand his love, he can empower you to love those who are unlovely, even your enemies. And then the big one that all of us have is, what about this prayer thing? Because sometimes I pray and it feels like it hits the ceiling. Does yours ever do that? It just doesn't feel like it goes anywhere. Well, you know what Jesus said? He said, when you pray, you can be sure that your Father in heaven hears your prayer. So your prayers are not wasted. See, the resurrection reminds us that no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, you can have confidence that God has not abandoned you and that God has a plan for you because God is the God of the third day. He's a third day kind of God. And that's the anchor that you can hold on to starting today. See, the resurrection, what, what we celebrate on Easter, it, it shows us that God can absolutely be trusted. Listen, here's what we all have in common on all of our campuses in any community. We all experience Fridays, don't we? We all experience tragedies and trauma in, in our life. We, we all experience Saturdays, those moments that we just so feel overwhelmingly hopeless. We all need hope. We all know what it's like to feel hopelessness. And see, that's why it's so important to understand. Because see, because of the resurrection, you can believe what Jesus said about God. You can believe what Jesus said about you. You can even believe 
about what God, Jesus said about your life. And when you take Jesus serious enough to begin to follow him, you learn that not only can you have a relationship with God that not only gives us hope that God is the God of the third day, that Sunday is coming in our lives because God has a plan, but it lets us know that God is right there with us. Even when it feels like he is silent. Even when it feels like he is absent. You know why we can have that confidence? Because see, that's what Jesus taught about God. And you can believe what Jesus said because he rose from the dead. He predicted his death and resurrection and he pulled it, all, pulled it off and that validates everything he said. Listen, folks. You have a heavenly father who loves you so much, he sent his one and only son, not simply to die and be raised again from the dead, but to initiate a relationship with you and to give you a future hope and confidence in the fact that no matter what you're going through, he has not abandoned you. He has a plan for you. He's with us. He came to bring good out of what gets broken in our lives. And he proved that by raising Jesus from the dead. I mean, see, that is the one event in human history, and it's what makes it the greatest event in human history that gives us hope. And because of that, we can lean into what Jesus taught us about God, that, that he always has a plan, that there's no reason to fear, even in those scariest moments, that he loves us so much that he invites us into a relationship wherewith we can call him Heavenly Father. Listen, you may be with us today, whether you're in Wakulla, whether you're in Chipley, Bluntstown, or Mariana. You may be living in a Friday, or you may be living in a Saturday. But the message of Easter is this, that God is working, that Sunday is coming in your life. The resurrection is the foundation of our faith, a foundation so sure that when life disappoints you, when you're experiencing that Friday or when you're experiencing that Saturday, that hopeless time in your life, when God seems silent, your faith can stand strong because you have the promises of Jesus, an anchor for your soul to light your way and strengthen your path out of darkness. And you know, because this is such an important foundational kind of message for all of our lives, we absolutely think this calls for a response. And so when you came in today, on all of our campuses, one of our campus pastors, they um, told you about this spiritual survey response card that was inside your worship guide. And I want everybody on all of our campuses, go ahead and, and, and pull that out. On every campus, please go ahead and do that right now. Because we don't want anybody to be embarrassed about responding to this survey. Now, there are some topics that some of you might be interested in, and we'd like to know, um, because I communicate to four different campuses every Sunday, so it's like, uh, we want to know what areas you want us to be talking about, your, your primary areas in life, so there's a place you can let us know the primary areas you want us to be talking about for the rest of the year in this different sermons. But also at the top of that card, if everybody will look at the top, there's the letters A, B, C, and D. We would like every one of you to please take this survey this morning. That way no one will be embarrassed about taking the survey. But don't mark it on any campus. Please do not mark these boxes until I tell everybody on every campus to do that. So let me just tell you what these letters stand for, and then I'll give you a time to everybody mark it. Letter A. 
Letter A means I'm already in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It means you're already a Christ follower. It means that one day you recognize that Jesus was our hope, that he was the way out of the darkness, and, and the way to stay out of darkness and to live in hope was to follow Jesus, that you're no longer just living for Jesus to fix your problems, but he is the anchor of your soul. He is your hope, and so you live in a daily relationship with him. That's letter A. Letter B, it means I'm beginning a relationship with God today. In other words, you're, you're ready to become a Christ follower. For you, I mean, it finally makes sense that Jesus is the anchor of your soul. He's the anchor and the hope of our life and that he has a plan. And so you want to say today that you believe that Jesus is your resurrected Savior, the hope for your life, and, and that you're ready to follow him. And if that's you today, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to take that step of faith to embrace Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and risen Savior and we'll do it in such a way that it won't embarrass you. Letter C. Letter C means that you're considering a bit more first. In other words, you're, you're still wondering. You're, you're not really like a church person. You're maybe not like a real Bible person. And, and this whole thing about God and Jesus and the Bible is still kind of foreign to you. And, and you think, well, I need some more clarity on what am I really putting my faith in? What am I really believing? So you are, if you're checking letter C in just a moment, you're considering a relationship with Jesus Christ. And let me just go ahead and tell you, if, if you're wrestling with this, what, you know, the, I need more clarity on this, let, let me tell you what your number one thing is that you need to consider. This is the number one thing, and we, we get so confused about it, and it's simply this. Here's the number one question you need to ponder. Did Jesus rise from the dead? That, that's the number one thing, not were there dinosaurs, not how many days was the word cr world created. The, the first question you need to answer is this, before you go off on all those other questions, is this, did Jesus rise from the dead? Because if he didn't, don't waste your time on Christianity. Because Christianity begins and ends with the event in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the anchor of our hope. And if he did, and we as a church believe with all of our heart that he did, and we think if you'll take some time and, and give it some serious consideration, I promise you it will change everything for you. So if you're considering faith and you're going, I just need to know, then you need to answer that question, did Jesus rise from the dead, yes or no, because it changes everything about your faith. And if you check C and you're going, I'm still in this considering thing, hey, listen, just keep coming back. Because every one of us had to answer that question at some point in time in our life. We, we get where you're at. Now, letter D is this. Letter D means I, I don't intend on being a Christian. And, and most likely, the reason you would check letter D is that you don't intend on being a Christian is because maybe you were mistreated by a person who called themselves a Christian. And, and, and we're really sorry for that. Um, because Christians are human beings and and don't always get it right. We don't always get it right. We're, we're human. And, and too many times, though, here's why that's a problem for so many of us, is that when we get mistreated by a person who says they're following Christ, it skews our view of God and Jesus. So if you've been treated wrong by a person who considers themselves a follower of Jesus Christ, let me just say, don't let that give you your view of Jesus and God. And, and also, let me just say that I am so sorry for all the wrong that was done to you. But if you're going to check D, man, we, we really do appreciate your honesty. And so in just a moment, you'll be able to check that. And, and here's the thing. You're, you're going, I don't intend, but man, I'm really interested in the message because it's been helpful. We'll just keep coming back. We, we don't want to judge you. We, 
we just want to love you and, and kind of help answer your questions. And honestly, there's been a lot of us at D at some point in our life. Now, there's one more box up here at this top that says, um, I'd like to talk to a pastor. If you check that box, no matter whether you choose A, B, C, or D, um, we would love to talk with you as well. But as you can see on this card, we wanted to make it easy and anonymous for any of you to be able to fill this out, so we didn't ask for your name. So if you would like to talk with someone through this, or you would want us to be praying for you in any kind of way, you can put that down at the bottom. Please put your name and your contact information on the card at the bottom of this, because if you just say, I would like to talk to pastor, but your name is not here, we're not Jesus. <laughs> we're not going to be able to figure out who you are. So we do need to know who you are. So, and, and, and we did that on purpose, left it off, just so that you, know, you, could fill, you could check A, B, and C anonymously, and we'll be praying for you no matter what age and stage of life that you're at with A, B, C, or D. And, and if you're here this morning and, and you want to talk to someone, man, we'd love to do that. You can come down to the front after our service and, and one of our pastors on any of our campuses will be glad to talk with you. Now, for those of you considering box B this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to say and to, or to make the step of faith to embrace Jesus Christ as your personal risen Savior. And when you take this step of faith, it's about entering into a relationship with God by receiving Jesus Christ, forgiveness for your sin, and committing to follow Jesus. And it's not about becoming part of a religion. And so what we want to do for all of our campuses is I just want to lead us in a prayer. And no matter which campus you're on, you, you can pray this prayer in your heart. And this prayer, it doesn't make you a Christian. It's your faith in Christ and his resurrection that makes you a Christian. This prayer is a simple expression of your faith by telling God today, today is my day, today I'm transferring my trust from myself to you as my personal Lord and Savior. I am declaring my dependency on Jesus as the hope for my life. And if you're considering checking box B, all of our campuses, everyone, please bow your heads. But if you're, if you're considering... Checking box B, will you just pray this prayer in your heart? Just say, dear Jesus, I thank you for this moment in time when I realize that even though you've been silent at times in my life or felt absent in my life, you were still there. Even when I felt like I was in a Friday or a Saturday, you still had a plan. Today I ask you, Jesus, to Come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior, my life leader. I, I thank you for dying on the cross where you took all of God's wrath for my sin on yourself and you took my punishment. And so God is not angry at me and God doesn't want to punish me. He, I realize today he wants a relationship with me. So today I, I choose to follow you. To build my life on you as the foundation and the anchor for my soul ask you to forgive me all my sin and come into my heart and from this day forward I'm going to begin the process of following I'm going to learn what it means to be your child and be in a relationship with you and I'm excited about that I, I'm thankful that I, I don't have to be afraid of you but that you just absolutely love me beyond all measure thank you for this wonderful new relationship that I can have with you God all because of what Jesus Christ did for me not only the cross but also through his resurrection 
God, I thank you that all of us can trust what Jesus said because he rose from the dead. And so we may we all build our lives upon that foundation today. In Jesus' name, amen.